Well, hello, friends, and welcome to the Highland Ministry Podcast. Today, I'm going to be on the other side of the microphone. It was an honor to bring the message, We Are For Molino, a message of encouragement as Highland Baptist Church serves the community of Molino, Florida. Now, today's message. Um, hope you're doing well today. It's a great day to be in the Lord's house. Uh, always good. And uh, y'all look good, too. Y'all must have got some sleep last night. Hopefully you did. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's funny, um, Brother David mentioned about um, associate pastor. Um, you know, I did a, I don't know if you've ever done one of those strengths finders or um, personality profile or anything that tells you kind of like, what's behind how you respond and how you lead and that sort of thing. And um, years ago, I discovered that what I already knew is that um, I, I work best in, in the second chair. I'm not the, a lead pastor, but a second pastor, an associate pastor, a youth pastor. Uh, that's where my, my strengths are. And so I'm, I'm always one to support and, and help uh, be behind the scenes many times, but I'm grateful to be uh, able to fill in today, and then Brother Tom said, you know, always have one in your in your pocket or have one available in your pocket. So I'm uh, grateful for that opportunity. As a matter of fact, um, I guess it was February the 20th was the last time I was able to to speak to you. And on that day, I told you that the next time I spoke, I will bring a message uh, about being for Molino. And so here we are today. Today's topic is uh, we are for Molino. You may have seen that on some of our social media uh, posts and maybe some signs out, at the, uh, out on the corner out here. Even it's been on our uh, church marquee now for a couple of months. Um, and, you know, it's been uh, talked about. Uh, what does that actually mean? And so I want to talk a little bit about that this morning and uh, encourage you today. Um, in the movie Field of Dreams... 1989, I'm rolling back the clock here. In the movie Field of Dreams, Iowa farmer Ray Kinsella hears a voice. If you build it, he will come. Have y'all seen the movie? Some of y'all seen that movie? It's been a while. I haven't seen it in a minute. Um, but all throughout this time, it says, if you build it, he will come. If you build it, he will come. And throughout the movie, um, he goes on and says, okay, what does this mean? I'm hearing this voice. If you build, if you build it, he will come. And, and uh, Ray was a, a huge baseball fan and uh, decided, you know, that was uh, needed to build a baseball field in his cornfield. And so uh, he did. He built it to the specifications that a baseball field would be built. And uh, in the movie... I don't believe in ghosts or anything like that, but there was images of, of baseball players from the past that showed up, players like Shoeless Joe Jackson and others that were actually banned from baseball, from the game baseball, for throwing the 1919 World Series. Um, but Kinsella kept hearing the voice. Toward the end of the movie, Shoeless Joe was about to walk out in the cornfield for the last time, and there was a somebody behind the catcher's mound and a catcher's behind home plate and um, Ray's out there and was wondering who's you know there at the in the catcher's gear and uh, Shoeless Joe motions to uh, the catcher he pulls off his gear and it's actually Ray's dad 
as a young man. And in the, this scene here, it plays out. The father and the son play catch on the field. Again, field of dreams, right? A dream. You know, the scene was somewhat what I saw a week ago on Saturday at the Molino Community Extravaganza. We had a vision to host the event for our community. The idea was presented, the event was planned, the supplies were donated, gathered and purchased. All, a lot of y'all had a part in that. A little bit of promotion was done through advertising and word of mouth. Prayers were offered, volunteers were recruited. And then the day came, the setup was done. And then people just started coming all around from our community. They just started showing up. They came from all sides and corners uh, of the community center and rolled out into the field. Our neighbors, our community, our Molino. And it was a special day. It was, we had not done that, like th that particular version of that uh, part of the weekend before. And so it was pretty exciting. And it was an incredible kickoff to, to Easter weekend. But guess what? <laughs> it was over the last few years, the Lord's been rekindling a desire to see our community transform with the hope of the gospel and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Many of you have been part of the food distributions over the last uh, year, year and a half that have been happening, and then some recent food distributions that have been happening. Uh, school partnerships been ongoing for years. The Easter extravaganza, again, among other things. There's a perspective of what the church is, uh, is that's welling up inside of us. We're, we are a people. We're not identified by our buildings, though we're grateful for our facilities. People who live in our community and our, count, our county have various experiences with church and expectations what church ought to be. Maybe they used to be connected to church, but simply no longer attend for whatever reason. Maybe they have never been connected to a church, and so they don't know, have any idea what the church is all about. Maybe someone's curious about faith. Maybe someone is ready to be connected with a local church. In our community, what do our neighbors think about Jesus and the church? Many times, and I throw these words out, and it, it just... It is what it sounds like it is. The unchurched are those that aren't connected to any church. And maybe the de-churched, people that used to be involved in a church, uh, but not, are not any longer. Uh, many times, they, being uh, the unchurched and the de-churched, they know what the churches are against more than what we're for. So I took the word for in Molino and put, put it into uh, uh, kind of a, a dictionary, uh, or, or wrote it out. Um, for means in favor of, not against, representing, supportive, pro, to help someone live. Molino, our community, a people, homes, a school, a community center, a ballpark, churches, businesses, restaurants, stores, farms, first responders, medical facilities, and government agencies. We are for Molino. I recently found out you know, a couple of decades ago, um, Brother Charles Hendricks, as the postmaster, got the mailing addresses in our community changed to Molino from Cantonment. So one time, if you lived across the street, your address was Cantonment, but now it's Molino. A community with a long history now had its own zip code. 
Our community has grown through the years. People are moving here. And as a church, we've had, a, had moments of growth through the years. I envision a season of growth just around the corner. Can you see it? I may be like Ray Kinsella in Field of Dreams. If you build it, he will come. We know in a church that the Lord is the one who brings the harvest, but we as a people must be mobilized to grow. We must learn to care for people, and we must care more for people than the organization of the church itself. John Maxwell said, people don't know how much you know until they know how much you care. When we care for people, there will be a bridge to the church. Now, in 2022, more than ever, we have an amazing opportunity to show our neighbors how much we care. I want you to turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians is one of my favorite books of the Bible. Um, I, love, I love the writings of Paul, and this is one that um, is one of my favorites. Philippians chapter 2, and we'll read the first four verses. So, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look, not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful again for this day. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of this service today. And I pray, Lord, as we go now into this time of message, I pray that you speak through me and not be my own words, but your words. Father, we love you. Thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to give you two questions that cause a church to grow. First of all, what do we want to be known for? You know, this is our vision of ministry, and it's our why of our purpose. It's a question we must answer. Now, I'm not going to be giving out vision and ideas, but it's just kind of the concept of what do we want to be known for? Secondly, what are we known for? And now this is how our community uh, experiences our vision. Do they know that Highland Baptist Church is a church, is a church that loves the community and works to glorify God and lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ? Do unchurched uh, people in our community desire to attend Highland Baptist Church? Are we are ready to welcome our neighbors? You know, in our community, and I, I, I wish I would have got all the demographics and, you know, all of that stuff that's out there, um, but I know this to be true. In our community, our people who have struggled over the last few years and are craving hope. They're craving authentic relationships. They're craving community. The church is perfectly equipped to answer the questions people are asking. These, the answers to these two questions are the secret to growth. To paraphrase the pathway for an organization like a church to grow and thrive from Jeff Henderson's book, which is called Four, a church of tomorrow will be more concerned with becoming for their community instead of convincing the community to become for their church. I'll say that again. A church of tomorrow will be more concerned with becoming for their community instead of convincing the community to become for their church. In the Great Commission, it says we're to go and make disciples doesn't say we're supposed to go make a bunch of church folk. 
says disciples. Now, that's all a byproduct of, it, of making disciples, and the church will grow, um, but that's what it is. We're for Molino, and when we're for Molino, I'm going to give you a few things here that you can mark down. Uh, from verse 1 and 2, it says, serve with a unified mission. The Apostle Paul says, if there's any encouragement in Christ, he says, being united with Christ, which means being of the same mind, the same love, full accord, and of, my, and of one mind. It does not mean that we have to be robots all exactly alike, but it means that we'll have these things and we'll be united on, on mission. You know, actually... We do have a diversity of gifts that exist in our church, and they're very useful. Do you know what your spiritual gift is? Do you know how your personality, I mentioned that earlier, do you know how your personality in, impacts how you serve in the ministry of our church? You can know, and I would love to give you more information about that, and we can talk soon, and, and perhaps uh, in a more casual environment where we can sit around a table and discover our shape to serve. Last Saturday, a week ago, was one of the greatest examples I've seen our people coming together and doing whatever it takes to reach our community. Um, we had some cards that we had printed up. Maybe you've got some already, and if not, you can grab some on the way out. They're at our exits, and it says hello, and it says come grow with us. It has a little bit of um, where we're located as a church, and on the back it says for Molino, and then it has a little uh, points to our website. And we can give those out, you know, places we go. But you know, it's amazing what we can do together if we don't care who gets the credit. You know, over the past 14 years I've served here at Highland, I've witnessed and been a part of what the Lord birthed here at Highland Baptist and in Molino 100 plus years ago. There's a desire to serve the Lord, a desire to do whatever it takes to bring the hope of Christ to others. And one thing that helps fuel the mission is a legacy of ministry. Think about those that have gone on before us and the ministry that they poured into your life, perhaps. Generations have helped pass on faith from generation to generation. Each generation has its own identity, and it takes different methods to reach each generation. Psalm 145, verse 4 says, One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. Have you ever looked at your kids and grandkids and wondered why they look different than people your age? Feel like you're staring at aliens? <laughs> if you were born in my generation or earlier, you can remember life before technology. I asked a 20-something the other day, I said, have you ever used a payphone? They said, nope. I said, have you ever used a phone book? I said, nope, why would you need that? I said, you know, phone book. I said, people used to have their name, their address, their phone number published for the whole world to see. And now we're consumed, concerned about privacy, right? So I'm, I'm kind of glad they stopped publishing phone books. Um, but you can always ask somebody what their phone number is. A lot of people don't even know what their phone number is because it's on their phone, and we just don't remember phone numbers. There's not a compartment in the brain anymore for remembering phone numbers. But then you say, you know, um, you know, the phone numbers like they used to be written out in like the 50s and 60s. It was like, you know, it was like four, and it had like an animal or something, you know, and it was 
that was the way the phone number was listed out. I thought, I always found that interesting. Now, that's before my time, but, you know, th things have changed over the years, and now we don't even have to remember that stuff anymore. It just comes up automatically. But, you know, we can be different, but we are united on mission. A church that is for the community will be unified. Secondly, when we're for Molino, we will put others first. Verse 3, going back to that, says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. You know, we've grown up in a world where it's uh, in style to look out for number one. If it feels good, do it. If you're not first, you're last. We want to be the best. A few years ago, I was at the Orange Conference. I ironically will be there this week in Atlanta with some, some uh, with Kim and some folks from the church here. Um, and we're going to go up there and be a part of this. It's a next generation uh, conference uh, spotlighting ministering to the next generation. But in this conference, in this particular year, I learned the concept of spotlight leadership. We have a couple of spotlights up here. They're not on. And kind of glad they're not on because it would be extra warm up here and it actually feels pretty good. I don't know who put the air on, but it feels good. Um, but in the spotlight, with spotlight leadership is this. When the spotlight lands on you, direct the spotlight to somebody else. I'll tell you how that's demonstrated. Y'all, a lot of y'all watch, like to watch sports and especially uh, football teams um, successful coaches, when they have a big win and are interviewed, they usually say, well, our team executed well today. We played hard and we worked the process. And they give credit to their team. When the team loses, a successful coach will take the blame and say, well, there's much work to be done and I will work to make this happen and get us back to where we want to be. And they take the, they take the, they take the pressure off their team. You know, as, our as a church, when our community wins, we will celebrate the wins in our community. When there are areas our community needs to work through, a church that is for the community will take ownership. How do you do that? If there are hungry kids, many churches do backpacks, supplemental food programs for the weekend. Kids go home, you know, parents may not have the money or spend the money on other things, and they can have... Um, food to eat, you know, for the weekend and not go hungry so they can learn when they get to school on Monday. Um, if volunteers are needed in a school to help whatever way, uh, there's way, you know, a lot of you are volunteering up at our community school here in Molino, and we're grateful for the volunteering that you do to help our, support our teachers and administration. Whatever the need, churches that are for the community will look to discover the needs and work to meet them in Jesus' name. This summer, we'll have opportunities to be for Molino and put others first. One of the things that we do every year and enjoy is Vacation Bible School. It's a great opportunity, but it's, you know, really a community outreach. And again, I mentioned earlier, you have a, a form to sign up and volunteer. I encourage you to do that today and let us know if you want to be a volunteer and serve and make a difference for the next generation. We actually have a place for everybody to serve. Um, you have an opportunity to put others first every day. Be a blessing to someone in Jesus' name. Thirdly, 
strategically look for opportunities to bring the gospel to our community. When we're for, for Molina, we're strategically looking for opportunities to bring the gospel to our community. I heard the story once about a guy who was taking a drive through the country. He slowed down his car. When he got to this place, I saw a barn, and it had these targets, bullseye targets. I mean, just all over the barn. I mean, the left side, the right side, the front of the barn, the back of the barn. I mean, it, it had it everywhere. So he got out. He went and found the, the farmer who's working in, he was inside the barn working on his tractor, and he asked, he asked him, he said, who is this? Oh, yeah, by the way, there was um, where the, the arrow had been. It was, you could see where it had penetrated the bullseye. I mean, it was there. And so he said, who is this archer who has this amazing accuracy? I mean, he didn't even miss. <laughs> the guy that was driving, he says, he's thinking this archer should be in archery competitions and maybe one of the best in the world. So he's got to find this, find out about this. The farmer said, I shot all the arrows. And the man was taken aback and said, I would like to watch you do it. I'd like to, I'd like to see you take your shot a few times to see you in your element. The farmer said, okay. He went and got his bag of arrows and his bow and went out from the barn, shot some of the arrows. And the man was shaking his head said he wasn't even aiming at a target. He called the farmer to come over. He said, hey, why are you not aiming at the target? Farmer said, well, what I do is I shoot my arrow, and wherever it lands, I paint a target around it. Lots of churches across our countryside are shooting arrows and painting targets around it when they find something that's successful. Try to, you know, we try out dozens of programs, mimic other churches in different contexts, trying to get the same results. Will it work for that church? Maybe it'll work for us. Guess what? It's not that easy. You know, we must know our community, and, you know, we're the, we're, I mean, as, we're, as God has planted us here, we're the ones that strategically know our community. Demographics tell us about the people that live in our community. Data is helpful in making decisions and planning. There are things the Lord may call you to do individually, and that's your ministry that God's called you to do. And then there's things that the Lord calls us to do collectively as the church. We must seek the Lord to show us opportunities to bring the gospel to our communities. Sometimes... The ministries must be planned out, but sometimes they're spontaneous. Like, it's been a little over a year ago now, and the 18-wheeler pulled up out here and unloaded, and there was droves and droves of food all throughout the parking lot and had to figure out how to get it out quickly. Many of y'all helped out with that. That was spontaneous. <laughs> you know, and I mentioned earlier, we have opportunities to serve regularly at Molina Park, and there are strategic, other strategic ministry partners, partnerships that we have. But at Molina Park, we serve the school in so many ways. But I want to ask you this. Some of you aren't physically able to go up there and, and help out at the school on a regular basis. But what would it look like if every kid was prayed for by name weekly in your daily quiet times? Every teacher was prayed over. 
You know, we serve through our church through Operation Christmas Child. You say, well, Brother Brad, that, that, those boxes go way overseas. True. Though it's not necessarily a Four Molino initiative, we can gather the resources right here in our community. We collect the boxes right here, and we send them out from here. And, and see, that is an opportunity to be a blessing in sending love and in God's grace and ministry from Molino to the world. Many of you are involved in the ballpark. That's a mission field in itself. When we have a strategy for taking the gospel to our community, we're going to clarify what the win is. When we clarify what the win is, we begin measuring our ministry effectiveness and we eliminate things that aren't strategic. The fourth thing I want to give you, when we're for Molino, we strive to make lives better for our neighbors. If our neighbors know what we're for, they're apt to welcome us and listen to our message. Our church, our physical campus, is a lighthouse to our community. At night, especially, it's an amazing sight to drive coming from south to north and coming down 95 and seeing the church lit up. It's a beautiful sight to see from a mile away. You know, to know that ministry that originates from our campus is a blessing. We are a missions mobilization station. You know, when you leave the premises, when you leave Highland Baptist Church and drive to wherever you're going, we're on the mission field. After the last few years, discouragement, depression is at an all-time high. When we go to the places we live, I want to encourage you to take the time to know your neighbors, to pray for your neighbors, to serve your neighbors. Andy Stanley, a pastor up in Atlanta, he said a few years ago, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. What that means is this. A lot of times we say, well... I can't feed everybody, I can't clothe everybody, I can't do for everybody, so I'm just not going to do anything. What this means is, do for one person what you wish you could do for everybody. And then that takes it down to a level maybe that is manageable for you. But imagine for me, for just a moment, the collective in impact. You know, last Sunday we had like oh, about 200 people here. If 200 people that attend Highlands strive to provide the hope of Jesus to one person a piece and make life better for them. Now, I'm not the smartest math student in the world, but that's simple math. You know, that's 200 times plus 200, that's 400, right? I mean, you know, and that's, and then that 400 becomes 800, 800 becomes 1600, and so on. That's the Lord's plan for disciple making and reaching the world. He, took, he started with 12, and that has impacted the world. What is the Lord stirring in your heart to do for him in our community and for our neighbors? We cannot expect our neighbors to come to us, the church, if they don't believe we're for them. And we've talked a lot about being for Molino today, but you know what will stand in the way of being for our community? Being busy. Being busy. Busy is the enemy of being neighborly. Mr. Rogers, 
He doesn't get a lot of airtime anymore. Of course, I know he's passed away, but he just doesn't get any airtime anymore, Harley. But he said it well. He says, could you, would you want to be my neighbor? In his kind and soothing voice, he invited a generation of people to his house to teach basic shared values. He emphasized the need to be neighborly. Mr. Rogers, if you didn't know this, he was also an ordained minister. Pretty exciting. The impact that he had. The call to action is simple today, church. Are we going to be for our community? In this season that we're in, I believe that if you show the love of Christ to our neighbors, we're going to experience the blessings of God. Today, it's not an evangelistic message per se, but a call to action for our church. But today, if you're here and you realize that you have a need for a Savior and want to profess Christ and be baptized in just a moment, I want to encourage you to come forward. And I would love to, to talk to you about your decision. Perhaps maybe you've been attending Highland for a little bit. Maybe this is your first Sunday. But you're ready. You said, you know what, I'm looking for a church. And you want to, I, I mentioned baseball earlier, so I'll use the baseball analogy again. You want to put on the uniform of church membership. Maybe today you'll come and, and talk about your decision and we can get you connected and be a part of Highland Baptist Church. Perhaps you need to come down in just a moment and kneel and pray. Maybe you want to pray for our pastor search or maybe something else. The altar is open. I want to ask you to stand to your feet and our instrumentals are going to come and we're going to have a time of invitation. You have just heard a message from God's Word and now it's your chance to respond. What is God calling you to do in response to today's message? Let us know by going to hbcmolino.com forward slash life. We'd love to connect with you. Thanks for joining us today on the Highland Network. Enjoy.